This has been a great journey. This has been a great, exciting process that we've been on. And uh, I'm going to tell you right now, it's a process that will continue into our future because uh, there's some things that are happening uh, in relation to the Four Cup series that you'll hear about later. But I just want to welcome you to, uh, to the, uh, this uh, part six this morning. Um, I, uh, this whole series has been based in a, uh, by a book by Pastor Chris Hodges out of the Church of the Highlands. would really encourage you to, to grab that book. You can get it through Amazon or Kindle, anywhere like that, um, and uh, just uh, have a read of that because I really believe that there are some things in there that will help uh, you. I know that they've helped me in the process of doing this as well. Uh, I would encourage you, if you haven't heard uh, any of the messages or you've missed some, uh, go to our iTunes site or our website and download those messages because I believe they're going to bless your heart. I believe they're going to help you to see some things that maybe you hadn't seen before or to, to affirm some things that you knew but maybe just, you know, uh, in the process of time just uh, uh, allowed to slip out of your mind. I know that that happens to me. Regularly things slip out of my mind. Um, Jane had one of those instances yesterday. We were doing some gardening and, and Jane was going to go from the front lawn uh, to go and get a pair of secateurs. And uh, as soon as she stepped off the lawn onto the driveway, it's gone. She didn't know why she was going. She didn't know where she was going to get or what to get. But as she, she thought, as I keep moving, it's going to come back. It's going to come back. And sure enough, it did. So I praise God. So my job today, this morning, is to help to stuff come back uh, into your heads today. Is that okay? We're going to have some fun this morning. You're right? Okay, this is church, it's okay to smile, have fun, all right? No worries. Some of you need to like, lay off the lemons because you're sucking them and they go, all right? Okay, praise God, here we go. You ready for this? Hello? You ready for this? Praise God, here we go. Father, I thank you for what you're going to speak into our hearts this morning. Father, thank you for the process you've been taking us on during this series. And I pray that you give me the ability to, to bring this thing together so that we can truly see where we have been heading through this series. Father, speak into my heart, speak into our hearts as we sit under your word. Holy Spirit, would you breathe upon these words, Lord God? Lord, would you uh, create a revelation in our hearts about what you're trying to do in our lives? In the name of Jesus, I pray this morning. And everyone said, Amen. Amen. So the four cups is based in the four promises that were given to the people of Israel by God uh, at the time that uh, they were coming out of Egypt under the, uh, the rule of Pharaoh uh, at that time. It says in, in Exodus chapter 6 verses 6 to 7, therefore say to the Israelites, I am the Lord, I will bring you out, that's cup one, uh, from under the yoke of the Egyptians. Cup two is I will free you from being slaves to them and I will redeem you, that's cup three, with an outstretched arm and mighty acts of judgment. And I will take you as my own people, that's cup four, and we'll be talking about that this morning, and I'll be your God. Then you'll know I am the Lord your God who brought you out from under the yoke of the Egyptians. See, God's got a plan for us. I think that you know, some of us here, or most of us here, got to think that, you know what, I'm here for more. 
there's got to be more to life than what I'm experiencing right here. There, there's got to be, you know, like something greater than what I'm living right now. I believe destiny is inside of my heart. I believe destiny is written on my life. I believe that God wants me to achieve more, to, to, to see greater levels of success and, and influence in our community and, and in our families and in our workplaces and things like that. Now, there are some sermon notes this morning. If you haven't got any sermon notes, put your hands up and our wonderfully good-looking, amazing hosts will ensure that we can get some of those in your hands. But, you know, this is what we're we're talking about this morning. This is what the the whole Four Cups is about. So uh, in your notes this morning, the first uh, four words that you need to fill in, the first word is salvation. So God's plan for us involves salvation. I'm glad God's plan involves salvation. In other words, he's going to get us out of Egypt, you know, because Egypt's not a good place. It's, it's you know, where you're, you're, you're under forced labor, it's a place of darkness, it's a place of bondage, it's a place of being in chains and, and this whole deal. And we just have no clue that there could be a better life, but God saw that there was a, a better place for us, so he created a plan of salvation. I'm glad about the plan of salvation. Secondly, there's this, the, the cup of freedom, the cup of, of deliverance, and that's where God brings us into this freedom. That, uh, that we, he wants us to experience. It's great to get out of Egypt, but quite often we need to get Egypt out of us. We still have old mindsets about slavery and bondage and stuff like that. God's created us. We, we're instantly set free, but there's a process at work where we need to get Egypt out of us. Old mindsets, old ways of living, old thought patterns, old, old things. It's just old way. God's got a new way for us. You know, behold, well, once uh, I was uh, uh, old and then God created something completely new out of me. I think it says in... in, uh, in um, Corinthians somewhere, to 2 Corinthians 5.17, roughly, just, that's it, back in my head. See, I love that way, it just helps to ring stuff out of you that you may have forgotten, it's good. Then there's the, the fourth word is rest- restoration, where uh, God wants to restore us. You know, we, we come out of Egypt, we get Egypt out of us, then we think, okay, now what do I do? Well, God's got a plan for us. It's, it's a, a plan to restore us back to our original purpose. And God wants to restore us back to the, the, the original plan that he had for us so we can get into alignment with it and start to see success happen. But then he wants us to go even further. He wants us to get out of Egypt, wants Egypt out of us, wants to restore us to our purpose. Then the fourth word is fulfillment because God wants us to live a life of fulfillment. Wow, that's really exciting, Pastor Gary. I'm glad you shared that with me. Oh, I'm excited. I just feel like you this morning. I have a quiver in my liver about that. That's great. So there's this area of fulfillment. God wants us to live the unlived life. And that's what we're going to be talking about this morning is the fourth cup, the cup of praise. The cup of praise. Bless you in Jesus' name. Come out in Jesus' name. So this morning we're talking about the unlived life. You want to know about the unlived life this morning? Yeah, the three, okay. Praise God. Three people want to know about the unlived. Anyone want to know about the unlived life this morning? Yeah. Can I tell you right now? If you spark up, I'll dig deep. Oh, if you if you get a quiver in your liver about the preaching of the word this morning, I, I guarantee you, I will dig deeper because there's a hunger and a demand being placed upon the anointing on my life to preach the word of God. If you're wanting a great message this morning, you need to lean in. If you want a mediocre one, stay silent. Come on, come on. So the ultimate goal of what God wants us to do is to bring us into a life of fulfillment. 
We saw on that uh, prelude for next week, John chapter 10, verse 10. It says that my purpose, Jesus said, he said this himself. He said, my purpose is to give life in all its fullness. God wants us to live a life in fullness. He has a life of fulfillment that he wants us to live. So the ultimate goal of the whole four core promises is that he wants us to live the unlived life. To pursue that project that we've dreamed about. To start that diet or that health routine. To finish and get that qualification or that degree. To learn how to play that instrument. To finally address that addiction or that habit in our lives. To commit to a local church and actually get involved in what is happening there. To write that book or to compose that song. To drink from the all four cups and to live life in its fullness. That's what God wants for us in our lives. And so much more. What is it that you feel deep down that God has put within you? There are seeds of greatness that God wants to breathe upon. He wants to water and to fertilize in your life to bring to fulfillment and to start to see a fruitfulness that you never thought possible in your life. That's what God wants for us. That's what God wants for you. That's what God wants for me. That's what God wants for our community. That's why it's so important. We've got to get them saved. The first cup. We can start to take them on a process of getting Egypt out of them. So we can start to see them really come alive and stop believing the lies of the devil and to start to believe what God says in his word about us. Too many people believe in God, but not enough people believe God. Come on. You see, Jane and I responded to a call of God upon us. There was about, uh, I don't know, we, we took the church on in 2003, so probably 18 months before that date, God spoke into our hearts a word from him. And it was jo- uh, sorry, Joshua chapter 1, verse 6. Out of the New Living Translation, it says, Be strong and courageous. I love it when God starts out with that. Uh, it just gives you a foresight about what's coming up. He's, it's, Gary, Jane, be strong and be courageous. I think it's great. I think it's just, he's just, I'm with you. I'll be strong for you. I'll be courageous. See, all we need to do is just to, to trust his word. He says, for you will lead these people. He will, you will lead these people to possess all the land that I swore to their ancestors that I would give them. So we are the per- pastors of this church because God called us to lead this church. Okay, When God spoke this passage into our hearts, we felt that God's speaking to us on two separate levels. Number one is God that wants his people to possess the land in which we live, work and play. God's got this church here. He's got his church in this area because he wants this land to be kingdom land. That's what he wants for this community. So we know that we're partnering together to see this community come to Christ. But there's a second part in this. It says God wants his people to possess his promises. See, God says to these people, that I've promised this land to you. So we know that when God spoke this into our hearts, God's going to say saying to us, he's saying to us right now, you are to help people to possess my promises in their life. So we know that this four cup series is divinely inspired by God for this church in this season. We're convinced that God has called us to lead this church so that people in it and connected with this church can take this land and possess the promises that God has for us. 
So this is our goal. The target that we have set ourselves as the pastors of this church. So this means that we are committed to equipping and empowering us all to live a life fulfilled on the promises of God and seeing them come to pass in our lives. That's what we want. I'm committed to seeing you live the life where you see the promises of God fulfilled in your world. I want to equip you. I want to empower you. I want to celebrate your successes. I want to cry with you when it doesn't work out like you thought it should have. But you know what? We're not going to give up. We're not going to back off. We're going to continue to press on, to press in. This is my land, says God. And we're going to stand. This is the great south land of the Holy Spirit. And we need to understand that that's what God is calling us to take and to possess. So why don't people live a life of fulfillment? Well, there's a couple of reasons. Number one, we let our past cripple us. You need to write that in your notes. We let the past cripple us. This is where we get stuck in cup two. We've been delivered out of Egypt, but there's a lot of Egypt still in us. It's still dominating our thoughts. It's still dominating the way that we live, the way that we think, the way that we act, the way that we respond. Sorry, don't respond, we react. See, reaction is just a, a cup two thing. It's, it's how we did it in the old way. It's good preaching. I've said this several times before, you know, we, we just are just struggling with cup two. We're dealing with our past. We're living life looking in the rear view mirror instead of through the windscreen. That's just a dangerous way to drive. Trust me, I know. Psalm 38 verses 4 and 6 out of the NIV says, My guilt has overwhelmed me like a burden too heavy to bear. I'm bowed down and brought low. We'll never see our future until we've settled our past. That's a cup two issue. Secondly, why people don't live a fulfilled life is that we let culture define us. We let culture define us. So it's a cup three problem. The majority of people never drink from cup three. They never discover God's plan for their life or his design or his purpose for their lives. Instead, we let substitutes, we let counterfeits and Satan's plan define us. Culture will try to change our identity. It'll try to tell us who and what we are. Right now, our society is under the, uh, the, the attack, the out, 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 outright attack. The culture is trying to tell us how we should define marriage. We've got to take a stand. See, the more we care about what people think, the less we're going to start to please God. Galatians chapter 1 verse 10 says, Am I now trying to win the approval of men or of God? What a great question. Or am I trying to please men? If I was still trying to please men, I would not be a servant of Christ. Find out what God thinks. He created us. He knows those plans. He knows what's written on the DNA of your life. The greatness, the influence, the impact that you can have in your world. Thirdly, the reason we don't live a fulfilled life, we try to do it alone. We try to do it alone. We try to go it alone. You know why people try to go it alone? Because people are hard work. I don't know if you've ever noticed that. I mean, come on. Are we honest this morning? 
people are just plain hard work. You should try to live with me. Man, I'm hard work. Ask Jane, she'll tell you. Trust me, she'll tell you. In fact, in this morning's Sunday mail, I'm pretty sure I saw a three-page advert all about me. Not really. I'm just kidding. Just kidding about that. Okay. There's only two pages. Sometimes people are just hard work. God designed his plan for us to be fulfilled with the help of others. True fulfillment can never happen alone. It cannot come alone. God never intended for us to be an island. True fulfillment can only be attained in a group. That's why the Bible describes the church in group terms. Have a listen to these descriptions of the the church. We are the family of God. We're part of a fellowship of believers. We are the body of Christ with many parts. We're part of the flock of God. See, I don't know if you know this or, or not, but... The word church actually comes from a New Testament word called ecclesia. Okay? It's not actually a religious term or a word. Okay? This word actually could refer to citizens who are gathering for a civic purpose. It could be used to refer to soldiers who are called out to gather for military purposes. An ecclesia is simply a gathering or an assembly of people called out for a specific purpose. That's at its very basic level. So ecclesia never referred to a specific place. But it did describe a specific gathering. Fulfillment can only be attained in and through being part of a group or a gathering of people. Ecclesiastes 4 verse 8 says there was a man all alone. He had neither son nor brother. There was no end to his toil. This is why we need the promise of the fourth cup. The cup of praise. See the cup of praise comes out of Exodus chapter 6 verse 7. That piece we read a little bit earlier. I will take you as my own people and I will be your God. The cup of praise, the Jewish people called this the last cup, the Hallel. Okay? Hallel means to celebrate. It's the cup of celebration. Hallelujah means to celebrate God. See, Hallel means celebrate, and Yah, J A H, means God. So every time we say Hallelujah, we're actually celebrating God. Can we say Hallelujah? Hallelujah. 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 He said it better than some of you. (laughs) Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Outdone by a kid. Came to church. What happened to you on Sunday? I went to church. I got outdone. I outshouted by a kid. How do you feel? I wouldn't let a kid outshout me. That's not a kid. That's a young man. He could shout louder than me, I can tell you. So the cup of praise, you see. Hallel, though, is so much more than an expression of worship. It means that we are living a fuller and bigger life. See, I I believe that God wants us to be bigger people. 
I believe God wants us to be bigger people. God wants us bigger, not just numerically, but emotionally, attitudinally, okay? relationally, spiritually. God wants us to be bigger people. But I can't forgive that person. Actually, you're bigger than that. You can. God's bigger than that. I can't do this. Actually, you can. You're a bigger person than this. You can go forward. Do you understand what I'm saying this morning? Don't get me wound up. So the question of the day really is this. What brings fulfillment? What brings fulfillment? See, I will take you as my own people. Everyone say people. Everyone say people. And I will be your God. See, what's interesting is that God has worded this promise in such a way. He says, I will take you as my own people. He never promises to make us a fulfilled person. He promises to make us a fulfilled people. Ultimate fulfillment comes first when we're part of a group or a team. Then God says, I will be your God. See, he says, I'm going to get involved in your life for something that matters. God wants to be involved in our life for something that matters. Most of us maybe, I don't know, uh, have heard of a guy called Maslow. Now, I studied this when I was uh, going for my uh, qualification as a sergeant within the police department. It was a wonderful subject, but it helps. It really does help. So we've got Maslow. He created this theory of motivational needs in people's lives. Okay, he, he came up with, I think it was about four or five of them. But since that time, they've now expanded that to say there's actually about eight of these things. And it takes you on a journey. It starts at a base level. So if you think about a, a triangle, the very bottom one is, is the, the, the biggest need that people have. We need a lot of this, okay? So and then we start to move towards the, the top. It, it's actually like everyone can do this, but not many people can do the pinnacle, the, 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 the cap on the, on the po- uh, pineapple. Triangle. <laughs> I was thinking triangle. I don't know where pineapple came from. Get behind me, Jesus. No. On track, on track, okay. So, here's these, here's these Maslow's needs, okay, motivational needs. Basic ones, physical needs. Everyone needs air, okay, food, water, warmth, sleep, stuff like that. Basic, that's the big part of the, the triangle at the bottom. Next one, safety. Everyone needs their safety needs. We need security, protection from the elements, order, law, limits, of, and st- stability. Next, we need love needs to know that we belong and, and, and we have these love needs. We need family, affection, relationships. Then we have esteem needs, self-esteem, achievement, recognition to be complimented when we do stuff. You know, I recognize that's a huge need in people's lives. And God's given me the gift of encouragement. I love to encourage people. I love to, like calling people champions or legends. Why? Because I want to prophesy something over your life. I want to call destiny out of you. I want to say over you what you're not feeling in your heart. I want to say like, you know, when the angel of God came to Gideon, he says, you mighty man of valor. I want to call people's valor out. (sighs) Then we have cognitive needs. Now, this is a new one on the list. In other words, we need to know stuff. That's why you really like watching National Geographic. (laughs) David Attenborough. He knows stuff. I mean, he knows stuff I didn't even know existed. 
Just we need to know stuff. Then there's aesthetic needs. This is a new one as well. It's about appreciation, a desire for beauty. That's why we get so much joy out of looking at scenery and we're looking at, at, at beautiful things. It just feeds this stuff in us. Next one was self-actualization. At Maslow actually thought that this was the pinnacle of the, of the, the triangle. Self-actualization, they call it. It's realizing a personal potential, self-fulfillment. It's being the best. You know, it's, it's seeking peak performances. You know, like myself, a, a peak sports person. Are you laughing at The People are laughing at me. I saw a peak performance this morning when Manchester United beat Everton. Praise God. We're in the FA Cup final. Peak performance. Praise God. See, for years, scientists believed that self-actualization was actually the highest level at which we could live. But they've since discovered there's still yet another level that people are, can live at. Where people didn't just live for uh, being self-fulfilled lives or achieving the peak of their own performance. They, they, they knew that they needed to go to a whole new level. And this new level, the pinnacle of this triangle is called transcendent needs. Transcendent needs. This is the greatest need in a person's life. The, the ultimate life lived is when we look beyond our needs to help others. Where we start to call destiny out of other people. It's where we help others go through the process of the four cups. Finding salvation. Finding freedom. Walking into restoration. And then they too start to call out destiny by living a fulfilled life. See Webster's Dictionary says that transcendent means living beyond ourselves and exceeding our usual limits. Who wants to exceed your usual limits? That's why today's a breakthrough service, because God's on this thing. He wants us to break out, to have a breakthrough moment in our world. See, real joy doesn't come from making a lot of money or having a lot of pleasure. Real joy doesn't come from things. Real joy actually comes from knowing our life is productive, that our life is making a difference for eternity. We're leaving a legacy. No one remembers who comes second. They remember who wins. And we win when we start to call out destiny and help others to achieve fulfillment in their lives. Ultimately, the fourth cup is about living beyond ourselves. And it's only, imp- it's only possible when we serve an extraordinary God. See, ultimate fulfillment comes when we're part of a family and making a difference because God is on our side. See, cups one, two, and three lead us to cup four. They exist to empower us to live a life of fulfillment. So the question begs, how do we live a life of fulfillment? So glad you asked. Number one, it begins with a calling. Begins with a calling. Jane and I got a call of God on our lives to lead this church. Jane and I have got a call of God on our lives to raise our children, to be great husband and wife team. Can I tell you, in our our marriage, I'm not meaning to, to, to cast condemnation on anybody, we've eliminated the word divorce in our marriage. 
It is not on the table. It is not on the table. We're committed to restoration. We're committed to supporting one another. Now, I know that there are people here this morning. It hasn't worked out that way. Please don't feel condemned. Stuff happens. It does. I understand that. But for me and Jane, that's our commitment. It begins with a calling. 2 Timothy. Chapter 1, verse 9 out of the Message Bible says this. God saved us and then called us to this holy work. We had nothing to do with it. It was all his idea. A gift prepared for us is in Jesus long before we knew anything about it. Church, you need to, to start saying this about your life. I'm called. I am called. God's called me. Say that to the person next to you. I am called by God. See, calling is what inspires us. It's critical to align ourselves with our calling. Here's our calling. Our calling is that we want to make a difference. That's our calling. We want to make a difference. Anyone here want to make a difference? About half of you. So, I mean, we, we need to want to make a difference in people's lives. Living a a fulfilled life means wanting to make a difference. If we don't know what our calling is, then we need to go back to the third cup. Find out why we are here on this planet and to pursue that. Secondly, how we drink from the fourth cup. It stands on a cause. It stands on a cause. It certainly does. Cup four isn't about climbing mountains or about writing bestsellers. It's about doing something that makes an eternal difference in people's lives. Making a difference must be centered on a cause. The cause of Christ. To serve the one who saved us. It's the cause that counts. Our cause is people. Our cause is people and aligning them with the destination of heaven, eternity. Our cause is people and it's heaven. Acts chapter 20 verse 24 says, But my life is worth nothing to me unless I use it for finishing the work assigned me by the Lord Jesus. The work of telling others the good news about the wonderful grace of God. That's our cause. So here's the cause for us. Doing something that makes a difference. Not only do we want to make a difference, but we've actually got to do something that makes a difference. And we can only do that as a part of a team or as a gathering. See, the happiest people on the planet are those who are doing something with others that makes a difference in the lives of others. Number three. Lastly, cup four must go from me to we. We have got to go from me to we. I've done marriage ceremonies as a pastor. And quite often I will include in doing the marriage ceremony that now that we are one flesh... It eliminates words like I, my, me, mine. 
Now the, the, the language, the vocabulary in your relationship is ours, us, we, together. See, one flesh. You may be singular in, in your relationship, but it's together that we do that. See, it's our heart for everyone to serve as a part of the infused church team. Because we're part of a team making an eternal difference in the lives of people here and in our communities. Never underestimate the need for team. Don't forsake the value of community. Ecclesiastes 4 verse verse 9 says, Two are better than one because they have a good return for their work. See, cup 4 says, I want to make a difference doing something that makes a difference with people who want to make a difference. John chapter 15 verses 8 and 11 says this. This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit. Everyone say fruit. Showing yourselves to be my disciples. Everyone say disciples. You're still getting shattered down by a kid, I can tell you. I have told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be... Thank Well done. Are you a bit slow on that last one there? So fruit is actually making a difference. Fruit is making a difference. Disciples, it's not plural. Sorry, it's, it's not singular, it's plural. There, there's disciples. God expects us to do this together. And joy may be full. That's the result. It's fulfillment. Some of you here won't be fulfilled until you're making a difference with the group of people who are making a difference. You're not going to do it on your own. You might think you're going to do it on your own, but you're not. That's why relationship is the key. I want to be a part of a church that does that. What about you? Let's stand. Let's stand. Has the team come back on stage? This morning, I want to just ask right now for just some, some quiet, no distractions. I just want to take a few minutes. I don't know everybody here this morning. I don't know where you come from. I don't know where you are in the journey of life. I don't know what God is doing in your life right now. But for you, it's about the first cup, the cup of salvation. I don't know where you sit in so far as eternity is concerned. But this morning you felt maybe that there is more to life than what you're living right now. And maybe you've tried to do it on your own. Maybe you've tried to do this separate from everybody else, separate even from God himself. But this morning you realize that you have a need for God. You actually have a need for the sacrifice that Jesus paid at Calvary for you. See, the Bible says this, Romans chapter 10, verses 9 to 10. If you confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is by believing in your heart that you are made right with God and it is by confessing with your mouth that you are saved. If you need Jesus today, as we pray this prayer together as a church, then mean it in your heart, but let the cry of your heart come out to God as we say this prayer together. 
that you attach faith to this prayer this morning. You attach meaning and purpose to this prayer this morning. You may have prayed this before, but this morning you, you know you've got to say this. And you, you know that this is you and God. Not looking out at anyone else. But this is between you and God this morning. This morning you could drink from this, this cup of salvation. Let's pray this prayer together. Dear God, it's time for a change. I need a real relationship with you. Today I open my life to knowing you. Forgive me for living my life my way. Today I invite Jesus to be the Lord of my life. Jesus, I want to know you. I put my faith in you. Give me the power to change. In your name I pray. Amen. If you've prayed that and meant it for the first time, I believe that you've been born again. Because there has become like this faith in your heart and you've confessed with your mouth. If you have prayed that for the first time, I want you to come up and see me after the, the service. I've got a gift to help you on your journey. I want, to, I want to give you a gift. Free. Free gift. No strings attached. Just want to empower you in your journey forward. But maybe some others here this morning, maybe for you, you're stuck in cup two. There's still a bit of Egypt in you and you just need some work to get it out. I want to pray for you as well. Maybe it's you wanting to find out about your call, about why you're here on the planet Earth. A cup three issue. Being restored to your original purpose. But maybe cup four is the deal for you. How can you become a part of a group of people who are going to change the world? And that's the issue you want to pray for. If you want prayer in any of those areas this morning, come and see me after the service. I'd love to pray with you. I'd love to pray with you. To set you on the course of living a fulfilled, big, larger than life life. It's not my desire for you. I'm just partnering together with what God already says about you. That, that, that puts a quiver in my liver. I think it's exceptional. So if you want prayer after the service, come and see me. I pray that's helped you today. Let's go out with a cracking good song. Bless you.